What's happening, everyone? Episode 42, Nothing to Lose Podcast. I'm Tony, joined by my co-host, Joey. We got a special guest today, Victoria. Say hello, Victoria. Hello. For those of you that don't know who Victoria is, I'll break it down for you real quick right here. She's a local San Diegan, moved back after 10 years of living in L.A. While she was in L.A., she earned her bachelor's and master's degree in Linguistics. linguistics. I I asked her before, too, bro. I'm I'm terrible. She's currently a professor of English, certified yoga instructor, and a running enthusiast. She's been granted opportunities to work with Nike and the woman of of Tone It Up. And when she's not running or teaching, you can catch her watching the office reruns and eating Thai food. Absolutely. Boom. Big fan of Dwight Schrute. I've, I've actually <laughs> never watched The Office myself, but Thai food is my ish. So, oh yeah, Lana Grill in uh, Pacific Beach, delicious. Oh really? Can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm. I like Thai time or Taste of Thai, even Bon Thai, but I've never been to that one. So oh yeah, check it out. The one in yeah, yeah, the, that one's good because they put basil in their um, chicken fried rice. So, Boom. I like that. There um, you go. Anyway, um, normally we would start off the segment with like an icebreaker. Because we don't want to just like jump down your throat, right? Cool. Um, <laughs> catch you off guard. So, do you have any stories? Uh, I got one. You got one? Yeah, I've, I've got like a somewhat story. Go for it. I'll go out there. Okay. Two stories. Um, so, if you listened, and I, I know you have listened, but I have, I have a dog named Dexter, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, one of the worst things ever. He's, he's a really, really bad dog. This is episode six of me trying to get rid of my dog. Um, but there's a link in the bio <laughs> link, link in the bio um but he's actually currently losing his teeth right so i've you know me and rihanna have started collecting his teeth and whatnot um so that's awesome what are you gonna do with them i don't know i guess just hold on to them forever that's a good question i'll have to think about that but um but last night um i fell asleep on the couch watching some tv on accident and he jumped on the couch with me and in the middle of the night, around like 1.30 in the morning, he was repeatedly punching me in the face. Great. <laughs> over and over again. Over oh, and over again. Oh. Um, so I didn't get really much sleep last night. I hope that you guys did. Hope that you're well, well rested. I but so. great. Dexter, Dexter's trying to ruin my life. Um, but yeah. Big dog? Small dog? He's, he's a big dog in the making. So uh, he's five months. Oh. And yeah. he's already like 50 pounds. Do you talk so. shit to him like when he does stuff like this? Like, Are you like... Or you just like, oh, it's okay, dad. No, like, no, I, I, I like, I like really tried to do the whole dad thing, but like, I don't know. It's a joke, wrong. Kind <laughs> of. Like, I've, I've spanked him, and I've said mm-hmm. that before, and then he just kind of like runs away and like just takes it. Like, I couldn't hurt him if I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's testing know. you. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna build you to be a great father one day, hopefully. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> one day. One day. <laughs> one, day. <laughs> one day. So, Victoria. Yes. You were very. Well accomplished, just like Tony's intro, which was great, by the way. You like that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was nice. Um, it only took forty-two episodes. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> sure. That that wasn't already discussed. I feel like those are the things that are discussed or have like the most uh, mo- important things that have happened um, while living in LA. It was some like the best years of my life. What part of LA? I was in the valley, total okay. valley oh, okay. girl. Uh, I know. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I made some of the best friends there. Um, all of my, all my time went to studying. And then once I was done studying, I started running and working out. Um, and yeah, that's pretty, pretty much what's gotten me here now. And then I've always wanted to move back to San Diego and I applied to tons of jobs down, down here, but wasn't granted any, wasn't getting Mm -hmm. any like 
emails back, phone calls back, nothing. And then finally... They left you on red. I'm, yeah, literally <laughs> left me on red. And then at three schools, emailed me back and then I was able to come back. So, so here I am. You're originally from San Diego. Mm-hmm. Went to LA for schooling. Yes. And then came back. Came back. Awesome. What what um, university did you, did you attend in, in LA? Cal State Northridge. Go Matadors. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> we have, like no football team, just a basketball <laughs> team. Our team's pretty good. Is it? Yes. So that's the good thing. But it's um, like D2, right? Or like D3? Like, it's competitive enough. Like, yeah. We, we made it to um, Sweet 16. No way. A few years ago. Yeah. So it, so it, really? it's I, have, I had a little. D1 then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. So I went there for both undergrad and uh, grad school. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't do so, so hot in undergrad originally, so then I went to a community college for a little while and then went back to Cal State to finish out. Sometimes you got to do it. You have to, right? That's awesome. Finish strong. 3.9 in grad school. Damn. 3.9 in grad school? Yeah. No, wow. No big deal. Wow. <laughs> so on, on top of this... Let's talk about undergrad, though. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on, on top of that, at the same time, you were obviously training and running, right? Yes. And you were maintaining your, you know, physical abilities. Mm -hmm. How did you balance that? It's a hard act. I mean, trying to get back into it now, but it's, I was going to, during grad school, I was going to school and I was working three jobs, but one of my jobs is teaching yoga. So three three jobs jobs and going to grad school was nuts. Um, I didn't really like do anything, but go to school and work, which is fine. But in the before, after teaching yoga, I would make sure I got in my own workout, whether that be a yoga class or um, going to a boot camp class or going on a run, just mm-hmm. making sure sometimes throughout, throughout the day I had an hour to myself. Mm. So within all that craziness. So you don't have a dog, I'm guessing? No dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's nothing no holding dog. her back. You would have, you'd have no hours to no. yourself. What were the three jobs? Um, was it? Let's see. I worked as an originally an English tutor, a yoga instructor, and I served tables at Hawkeson. It's a fine dining restaurant oh, in Beverly yeah. Hills. Yeah, yeah, that, the the club in Las Vegas. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they have a restaurant too in Vegas. They do. Yeah, it's Michelin star. If you ever two Michelin stars, if you ever get a chance, check it out. It's delicious. That is like the third restaurant you've shouted out. I have. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no sponsorships with these restaurants. I'm like, not a foodie. Really, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to feel no, like... I'm a total foodie. If you ever need re- like recommendations for anywhere, I have I have yeah? quite a few lists. All so, right. Yeah. On a, one of the, like, mm-hmm. like the new year, like in January, like an early post on your IG is like, you're going to change your name from Run Victoria to Eat with Victoria? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because all I ever do, I'm like, okay, where's the next place we're going to eat? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you something else. Yeah. Because you mentioned yoga, and last episode I was saying how I want to get into yoga. Yeah. Right? How did you get into yoga? This is a setup. I set you up with this. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's really going to drive me to do that class tomorrow, yeah. I bet. No, it's actually a crazy story. So, my friend Adriana originally asked me to go to a hot yoga class with her, a Bikram class. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Back, yeah. Mm. <laughs> back when I was like, I must have been 18 or just turned 19. Like, I was really young. And so, I went to a class and Halfway through the class, I got a bloody nose. And it wasn't like a bloody nose, like, oh, no. Like, it was everywhere. And I had to grab a towel and cover my face. (laughs) So embarrassing. And so I was like, I'm never doing yoga again. And then my friend Emma came up to me and she's like, Victoria, now it's like maybe uh, six months to a year later. And she's like, Victoria, let's go take a yoga class at mm-hmm. Core Power Yoga. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know how that goes. She's like, no, it's hot yoga. It's different. I was like, no, no. I've done hot yoga. <laughs> no. It's not a thing. Like, don't do it. It's a, it's a trick. And then we went and Core Power offers a free week. And so yeah. I went and I did my free week. I went every day. And then I've honestly just been going ever since. Two years later, I became a teacher and then I teach at Core Power, but I also have taught at other yoga studios as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you just kind of picked it up, and then you 
were just really good at it. There's oh my gosh, there's no being good at yoga. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, it's something that you like consistently work at. It's kind of getting over that hurdle and just being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and like knowing yeah. it's okay to look around and figure out what's coming next, and like oh, listening uh-huh. to the teachers so you're still safe in the postures. Like every time I go to a class, I learn something new, and I've been doing yoga now for six, seven years. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. So wow. Yeah, I'm the last time I I went, I was so discouraged because I don't have a really good center of balance apparently <laughs> and you know it was it was just a bad time and right. then between us three four um <laughs> i and alive i i think that somebody just like kept farting oh, to be honest yeah no that's a thing it's I, foul <laughs> <laughs> i was i like i couldn't i it was, it was like gag reflex you mm-hmm. know where um, it was like it was like really I don't know if you want to get like pasty, you know, like you just like kind of, and it was, and it was like, oh, so. No, I have a weak stomach and it happens in every class. You just describe like high school gym class. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Except I would probably take adolescent BO over whatever this person was eating because it was just. Oh, no. It was typhoid. Typhoid. It was a lot of girl. Yeah, no, so you're just getting comfortable and figuring it out. You find your groove. And then yeah. with balancing, if you press into the big toe mound of your foot, you'll be able to balance. Try it tomorrow when you take your class. Yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> see, I see doing it right yeah. now. I'm like, wait. Yeah, it's I'm a game sitting changer. better, too. I'm <laughs> awesome. I know. Yeah. So um, I, w- I would like to think that yoga kind of helped you balance this like crazy hectic schedule that mm-hmm. you had to grind through absolutely awesome yeah i would say because the elements of yoga and the philosophy of yoga is all about like understanding your thoughts rather than kind of i'm not sure how anyone deals with their thoughts in general but the way that i that yoga taught me is kind of just like allowing yourself to sit and listen yeah and not run from them which is also what i do <laughs> yeah. but you know about understanding what's coming up and why it's coming up rather than just saying like pressing it down or you know going with it that's a really good point mm-hmm. because like you are an experienced marathon runner right yes well one marathon but experienced half marathoner <laughs> okay but yeah you you just kind of brought up something mm-hmm. they're complete polar opposites of like any sort of physical thing right yoga is very centered and it's very you know meditation and like you said listening whereas running mm-hmm you're, that's the most physical thing that i can think of right besides like swimming you know oh yeah swimming is insane no. So, I mean, do you have to be in a different mindset to train one or the other, or do you just do both in one day? I, well, I do, I do do both in one day, but I think with running, once you get, like, everyone's different. For me, after mile three, like, the first three miles, which is about 25 to 30 minutes, right? Oh, pain in the ass and the worst, and you want to stop. Yeah, you're like, why am I doing this? This is miserable. And you're, all of your thoughts are there. And then that practice of yoga comes in where you have to, like, live with your thoughts. And so then after mile, whatever it is for you, but for my, me, it's mile three. After that time, then you get into that meditative state and like you, your your feet are going to the beat of the music like with each beat and that's like you just, everything goes away. All you have is like you and the path you're on. So yeah, my one of my, my old roommate, Natalie, she makes fun of me because whenever she would see me out running in our neighborhood, I was like always smiling and running. And she was like, you look like a Tampax commercial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> well, after you get to that space, like you really are just like so happy. That's so funny. I know. It's like, it's like one of those commercials that's like, I live with gonorrhea. And then it's like someone like doing something, you know? Grocery like, shopping at yeah, Joe's. Yeah. Like, I love collard greens and my gonorrhea. And you're like, okay. So do you funny. do you yeah, boo boo? Right. <laughs> do, you, do you you sort of experience the same thing whenever whenever you're running? Yeah, it's like the first two three miles is just like I just want to turn around and I'm like I could go home watch TV and then I'm not gonna do this no more. And then after that, 
you just get in a high. It's that runner's high, and you're in your own zone. You're thinking to yourself, and you're meditating. It's the music or the podcast, whatever you're listening to. You just you zone out, and nothing. You don't worry about nothing, too. So I think yeah. that's, like, the best thing about running because if you're at the gym, like, I enjoy going to the gym, too, but the gym, you have a surrounding. You have stuff around you. You know, you're running. You're out in nature. You're out by yourself. Of course. Free. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. See, like, I would, I would really like to you know, do that as well. But I just, I just can't, I guess it's an, in, in, inertia problem, you know, where I just can't go from stop to start. Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time getting out of that stop zone here, but no, I really, even now I'm trying to get back into like a normal running routine and have like the idea of waking up and like doing my dynamic stretches and like all the things I have to do before you run. Cause I was just going out and running for a long time. And then I learned with Nike, all of the things that have to happen beforehand, you know, mm -hmm. But then I'm like, okay, or I can just sit here on the couch and watch TV. And just chill and kick yeah. it. Yeah. I, I haven't got the stretching part yet, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't stretch? No, nah, that's probably why. You don't I stretch? Like a little ankle injuries and all that. Yeah. I stretch after. It's just, just go. Just do it. Beforehand. Just, just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Interesting. No, beforehand, I always have to do dynamic stretches for hips, dynamic hamstrings, yep. mm, calves, ankles. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Haven't ran in two weeks for my ankle. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you should have stretched. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I shouldn't have run in Spartans. One or the other. True. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Fair. So you, you grew up in San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, what part of San Diego were you native to? Oh, Claremont. <laughs> Good old Claremont. All right. Yeah. All right. Claremont. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah. What, what, we're, um, we're bringing all, everyone from Claremont out. Yeah. We, that's shortly, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you go to Claremont High? No, I went to Madison. Madison. Yeah, okay. the better of the two schools. <laughs> the all rivalries. Right. The rivalries. Right. So, no, it's, yeah, Madison. Okay. Cool, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, and I loved it. What was growing up in Claremont like for you? It was great. It's um, I so I went to Croc Middle School, and that's a little well. It's not Croc anymore. They actually closed it, changed it, renamed it because it was a little rough around the edges. Uh, and then Madison was it was awesome too. And just very lenient. Not uh, academics weren't the focus, mm. so everyone was yeah. in some kind of extracurricular. So I played volleyball. I cheered. I was in show choir, which was my favorite thing that I did. <laughs> um, theater. You know, everyone kind of wore a lot of hats, which is which made for like well-versed students. No, there wasn't like a lot of bullying or, you know, things I see mm -hmm. now in high schools. Is there anything you haven't done? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was like, that was like four or five different <laughs> random things that I would have you never tried. Right. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Um, I've never done a triathlon. I'm, I like swimming. I'm not very good at swimming, but I like it. Um, Do you like biking? I like biking. Yeah. Okay. But I haven't done that in a long time. It's a shorter, it's a shorter swim. So you might be down for it. Right. And I'm in sure high Nike will be right behind you. <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, here you go. <laughs> and I, um, I tried doing track and field in high school, and I hated it. Fun yeah. fact, yeah. <laughs> I, despite how much I've always loved running, tra track and field was so a whole did, different. Did you just do like cross country then? I didn't even do cross country in high school. I just oh. ran um, like for myself before and after school. Yeah, so I'd run two, three miles before school, two, three miles after school. Yeah. She didn't need a team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, hold, I'm, Forget I'm, the team. Like, for me, because that's a whole different paradigm, I'm mm -hmm. having a lot of trouble even imagining <laughs> having that much energy. Oh, right. But so, I'm always like, what I, I haven't had caffeine today, so I'm always high energy like this. Like, <laughs> I wake Joey, up like so Energizer awesome. Bunny. Yeah. Did she just say what I think she said? She hasn't had caffeine. 
No caffeine. How much caffeine have you had today? Oh, um, I've had like <laughs> in excess of 500 milligrams today alone. I'm at yeah. 300, and yeah. she's over here. She's more hyped than us. Right. Wow. <laughs> no, wow. no, I usually have a lot of caffeine. I have two, three cups in the morning at least. It was like four o'clock, and I was like, wait, I haven't had coffee, but if I have it this late, I'll have nightmares. So Nightmares? Yeah. Oh, huh. yeah. Too much coffee after a certain time. Any caffeine, actually. I'm like a grandma. I'm like, okay, there's no, no caffeine. Yeah. Cut off. Is there sugar in this? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm all hyped up. Everyone's like, what did Victoria have? You had a Tootsie Roll. Like, stop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She did have Sour Punch before we started. So that's, oh, that's, that's it. True. That's the hype right there. That's okay, true. Gotcha. No shot, just Sour Punch now. But I mean, like, what, 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 what kind of childhood did you have that, like, you were so active? Because oh. even, you know, when I was a kid, I, I mean, like, what, what, what did you do? What did your regiment? Did your parents push you to do these things or were you just always like, let's go? Yeah, I was kind of always like, let's go. My um, my family uh, upbringing was, was very interesting. I was raised by my grandparents, um, who I call mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But I was raised by my grandparents. They raised me and my three siblings, my brother, all brothers, and the reason I'm high energy. Mm-hmm. And um, we were allowed to do kind of whatever we wanted extracurricular. So if I wanted, if whatever we did, we had to stick to. So I did softball for three years growing up. I play, played the clarinet, but I had to stick to it. It wasn't like sign up. And if I didn't like it, quit. I had yeah. to finish the season or whatever it was. But um, they kind of let us do whatever we wanted. They said that we could be whatever we wanted to be. You know, my dad always told told us to find something that we love rather than like go for the money because my dad, my dad's a plumber. And so like, he was like, doesn't matter what you do, just make sure it's something you love. Cause he doesn't love what he does and he makes good money. He owns his own business, but long-term, you know? Yeah. So I've always had that in the back of my head. And then my siblings, um, my older brother's very successful. He's, um, a financial planner. And then my younger brothers, um, are also successful, but their own different like avenues. One's a DJ and he like DJs in Tijuana and DJs all around San Diego. Um, and then my other brother growing up was an amateur skateboarder. So we kind of all like wore many hats and yeah. just did whatever made us happy at the time and continued on. So your, so your, your grandparents, your mom and dad, mm-hmm. um, they promoted ha- like happiness over productivity. Exactly. And which made you productive. Right. <laughs> Boom. Funny how that works. Yeah. Funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than like pushing. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, ha- we all had to have good grades. It wasn't like a free for all by any means, but it was definitely like you know, go to mm-hmm. school, get good grades, do these things. My dad, the one thing he wa- really wanted, I'm fluent in, <laughs> I'm fluent in sign language. And oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad was like, you're going to be an interpreter. That's all there is to it. There was no <laughs> looking back. That's why I chose Cal State Northridge. Um, and then I got there and that was why I did poorly. My first year, I hated my major. It was so difficult. Yeah. There was, you couldn't work and go to school. And I had to work and go to school. Of course. So that's why I went to community college, went for... Um, part-time but yeah that's the one thing my dad always pushed on me was becoming an interpreter but then he's happy now that how things worked out Mm. Mm -hmm. can i can i ask you kind of like a personal question yeah um why did your grandparents raise you oh so my biological mom um is a drug addict but on top of that she's bipolar and schizophrenic she was born bipolar but schizophrenia is onset or onset by drugs and then um, she just never like could she was sober for 12 years and like everyone thought was going to be this huge thing and then she relapsed. And it's just like mm-hmm. sober for a little while, relapse. Um, and then my biological dad, I actually don't know, don't know him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Everyone's like, wow. But for me, I don't know any different. So it's kind of, yeah. you know, I'm like, again, open book. Um, but my brothers, they tell their stories a little bit different because they were raised mm-hmm. with our biological mom for a little while yeah. while she was sober and then came into my grandparents' home. 
Okay. So they call my grand. If like you'll have to come over for Christmas or something, <laughs> and it's like see our dynamic. But my brothers call my my mom and dad. My younger brothers say grandma and grandpa, yeah. and then me and my older brother we say mom and dad. Yeah. So it's very different, but modern oh. family, I guess. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's really no two that are alike. Right. Right. Huh. Okay. Um. I mean, I I wanted to ask that because that that is some sort of struggle. You know, even mm-hmm. though you you feel like you've You've never experienced it. It's like a psychological struggle. As well. Joey will oh, sit absolutely. in these interviews and try to find somebody to struggle. So yeah. that now that he did, <laughs> he's going to go after no, it. No, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, well, I mean, I'm not. No, I, I commend you for <laughs> it. Like, everyone has a struggle. And we got to yeah. show it. And everybody's got to embrace it because you can't, like, it's not yeah. a highlight reel. Well, we all. No. Yeah. I love you just said that. It's not a highlight reel. Right. And the reason why I, I ask such, you know, really personal and prodding questions is because, you know, somebody might be out there listening that went through the same thing and seeing how successful you've been in multiple facets. Thank you. There's no excuse why they can't do it too. Right. Right. I mean, unless you're drinking some super juice over here. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I wish. But I mean. No, there's always things. Like if I were to go through, um, it's actually funny. So my boyfriend, Eric, his, um, his cousin last weekend asked me, he's like, how do you always stay so positive? How's everything yeah. like always cheery? And I don't see it that way. And then when, you know, when I'm telling my story and like things like this setting, I go, oh, yeah, like I don't talk about the negative things. And that's also, you know, partially like a flaw. I could talk more about the negative things. But there are so many things that really do like have launched me to where I am. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I when I was born, my my grandparents weren't the first ones to take me. My aunt, my cousin did. Everyone's like, what are we going to do with Victoria? And my biological mom, there was no way she could take me. So I was like passed around throughout my family, you know, like it wasn't just like wake up and go. Um, And then. Later on, like, again, going, so middle school, middle school, seventh grade, I hung out with the wrong crowd. Like I was saying, my middle school was rough. I had, uh, I had my GPA was like a 0. 0.9 or something what? crazy. You didn't show up to class? Yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> I, like, I was ditching school. Yeah. I was getting suspended, like, for, for whatever, talking back to teachers, referrals, in-school suspension. And then eighth grade, I wanted to go on this trip, the East Coast trip. Yeah. yeah right? They go, uh, yeah. you go, like, yeah. all over the East Coast. And you had to have a 4.0 in order to go. And uh, my, all the teachers who I said I wanted to go, they were like, You're, there's no way, Victoria. And they, they, they doubted me. Like, they actually said that to me. And as a teacher, I would never say something like that to a student. Mm-hmm. Even if I thought that was true, there would be a different way to say it. But they said that to me, and I had got 4.0, and I went on that trip, right? So then I just started Boom. to, like, realize. Yeah, you know what I mean? I started to realize, like, okay, like, I can work these things. Again, going to college, I was going to, my entire life since I was 12, I was going to be an interpreter. I failed my first year of college, which was like, not, I graduated high school at 3.8, right? And then mm-hmm. I go and I fail my first year of college, had to, had to go back, right? All of these things. And then um, my, uh, during undergrad, I worked at the Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> good old cheesecake. And um, I worked there for five years. I was a lead trainer for the, for the LA region. And we got a new general manager. She came in and cleaned house. And I was one of the employees that got fired. I've never been written up. Nothing ever happened. And at, the, at that time, it was like, the end of the world, you know, yeah. but then that launched me into applying for jobs that I didn't think I was um, qualified for, te- for, te- for teaching, for being a TA, for tutoring, all these things. And that's when I first started working in schools. And that's working in schools. I'm surrounded by people who have master's degrees and doctorates. So then I wanted to get my master's degree, you know, and then grad school was actually like went by really great. But then I went through a terrible breakup with a boy- boyfriend I thought I was going to marry and then he cheated on me and was we lived together and he was coming home and getting in bed with me after cheating on me and no. like my whole world went upside down because I had this idea in my head about what our future looked like but it was obviously much different for him and so like that was a, a, a 
deep depression, but then I started running heavily and then running brought me the Nike and Nike brought me into all like different, all these other things, meeting new girls, getting opportunities with tone it up and just wait, reminding wait, wait, myself. Wait. You're, you're jumping ahead here. I've got so oh, many questions okay. for you. Great, great, great. But yeah. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert. Spoiler sure. alert. Yeah. Rewind. Spoiler alert. Rewind. <laughs> but just saying those are the, you know, there's negative things that have like gotten me here too, but the positive things are, you know, you got to celebrate both, but the positive things are just, e- are like easier to like, you know, be at the forefront of your mind. Okay. So I, I guess like your, so your, your mindset, um, do you, do you dismiss the negative things or do you just like kind of focus on the good and recognize the bad still? Or do you just completely like, meh? No, no. When they're happening, I live through them and like gnarly, like live through them. You know, like yeah. I, I let my, I allow myself to feel every emotion, um, I cry when I want to cry. I'm happy when I'll be happy, but, um, that's during it. Once I feel like I've, there's like this threshold that I've passed, then it's something that's behind me and there's something new to celebrate and continue on to. That is the exact advice I give all of my friends. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Like people who have gotten broken up with, cheated on, or, you know, just kind of failed at something. Mm-hmm. I say you, you, you need to feel it 100%. Like you need to feel every emotion yep. and cry and cry so it can allow yourself to, just like you said, close the door, get some closure and then realize when you wake up feeling better that the sun's still going to rise. Exactly. And like, the world still keeps turning mm-hmm. and life goes on. Right. You know, so like 100%. That's almost verbatim when I tell my friends. Right. There's yeah. always something new to look forward to mm-hmm. rather than like dwell on, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Yep, yep. You had a, she just got out of like comfort. Like she was in such a comfort zone because you're like, I'm going to work at Cheesecake. I'm going to graduate. And then <laughs> after I'm going to do Why what you I'm going to do. Why are you going to fight with me at Cheesecake? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I'm going to go there. <laughs> right. But like that getting out of your comfort zone like do you think like getting fired at cheesecake was just like that's where everything just clicked from you like hey i gotta just level up or just move out of this like this thing that i think is my path and find a different path or yeah no it's it's funny because i always say like that was such a turning point in my life just Mm -hmm. because it was so comfortable five years lead trainer you know i made my own schedule it was pretty rad Mm -hmm. and it was great money at the time yeah um but I think that so much of what I do and what's gotten me to where I am now is that idea of being comfortable, being uncomfortable, you know? And that, that's relevant in different avenues. Like maybe that means like being okay that you're pretty fucking broke right now, <laughs> you know, and like, and then get taking the time to earn your money and work hard or, you know, so, yeah. Well, I mean, like getting fired is never good because you're not prepared for it. Oh, so yeah. So was your initial reaction to start applying to other restaurants? Oh, I did. That's actually also how I got into Hakkasan because being a TA and working in schools is not a lot of money, especially living in LA. Mm-hmm. So I worked, that's where I got the job at Hakkasan. Um, I also, I applied in that week of, of like not knowing um, what was happening and getting fired and everything else and my severance check because I have, you know, paid time off or whatever. Um, I applied to 17 jobs and I got hired at this restaurant in LA called uh, Big Wings. <laughs> and it's like a Hooters reject <laughs> um, oh, restaurant. A Wang, like like Wing yes, with an A, with not an like, a. not like you know, Wang, like a Chinese food place. No, no, no. Big Wings. Wings, <laughs> thought, with, an, like, <laughs> wings with an A. Yo, who's that? That's Big Wang. Yeah. You know, like, I thought, like, <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> no, no, no. We wore shirts that said Size Matters and like little Daisy Dukes. And, oh, my and, God. Yeah. It was, but in in my defense, it was also very good money. It was downtown. It was um, during like football season, so it was you know a little sports bar made good money. But 
my friend Emily worked at um, the fine dining restaurant across the street. And she came in one day and was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I just needed money. And so she hired me at Hakkasan. Yeah. Dang. Nice. Mm-hmm. She was like, well, she wasn't actually hired there yet. She was on the, in the process. And then she was like, come with me. Yeah. Nice. It worked out. Connects. Mm-hmm. Connects. I like that. Yep. Sheesh. I know. Huh. Okay, so you, you kind of gave us a preview. Um, so you've had opportunities with Nike. Yes. I've, I've <laughs> never just heard woke of up that brand. One day, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what Nike is. And you're not um, wearing it. So no socks at all. Well, no yeah. hat. <laughs> I know. And your shoes. Nike and you socks, walked in your you shoes. The Jordans, Nikes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of vague. What opportunities did you have with Nike? So um, I used to run with a run club in LA called Blacklist LA with my best friend Maggie. And... Um, we, they are a photographer who takes pictures of you and they'd always get pictures of me and Maggie running together and smiling because we'd post to the camera and then post to our Instagram mm. and Flex. Maggie <laughs> <laughs> and um, Maggie one day had someone message her and ask her for her email and Maggie was like um, or she's asked Maggie if she ever ran a marathon before and Maggie said no and she goes cool how about your friend in your pictures has she ever run a full marathon before and Maggie said no and she had great what are you guys' email And Maggie had no idea what it was for. This this woman, her Instagram had nothing about Nike at all on her Instagram. Maggie gave her her junk email, asked her mine. I gave her my junk email. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We had no idea. And then she emailed us back and this whole thing about um, what's your crazy dream? Would you dare to dare to run a marathon with Nike? And we were like, wait, what? And we're rereading it, rereading it. And we're like, check the email that's (laughs) coming from. Is it at Nike? Yeah. And it was, it's at Nike from at Nike. And uh, then we looked up her up, or looked her up on LinkedIn, and lo and behold, she worked for Nike. She was one of, like a huge coordinator, hmm. and um, yeah. So we had to send in a send in a time when we felt like we overcame defeat. And I shared this. It was right after, um, or right in the middle, I should say, of my terrible breakup. So I was sharing how running really propelled me to find like the most authentic version of myself mm-hmm. and feel strong in my skin again. And then Maggie shared about, she's a dancer, phenomenal hip hop dancer. And she shared about an injury she had and how she wasn't able to dance or do any kind of movement. Also a yoga teacher. So she was kind of in this weird space of like figuring out her identity without having movement for six months or whatever it was. Um, And they chose us and it it was crazy. So then we trained um, with Blue Benadam. He's, if you ever use the Nike running app, you can listen to him and have him in your ear while you're running. He's really an amazing athlete. I prefer Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah, Kevin, you can do Kevin Hart. Um, Coach Bennett's also pretty great. But uh, I was coached by Coach Blue and Coach Beck. She was our strength training coach. And they gave us a 15-week schedule to train for Chicago Marathon. Oh, and that was one of the you completed. So, no, then (laughs) another... Plot twist. Yeah, yeah, plot twist. (laughs) Then 10 days, maybe almost two weeks before the marathon, I broke my second toe. And like, yeah. Um, so most people don't know this. I said that I just stubbed my toe. Felix, shout out. Yeah. Felix. Is this what? Is, yeah. <laughs> is this what he said? Oh yeah. man, this. Is, <laughs> so I stubbed my toe. I um, was oh. in <laughs> the kitchen and I was making pizza rolls. And I said, "Oh, I just stubbed my toe in the refrigerator." No, I was doing leg swings in my my kitchen. And like I was telling Tony earlier, my kitchen's very small. So I did like my left leg just fine. Just got back from a run, flipped my pizza rolls, <laughs> did the right leg and nice. like jammed my toe right in my foot, right into the refrigerator, dropped me to my knees. And uh, I told, I was like, Eric, come, come. But I'm pretty dramatic. So he didn't believe me. I was like, look at my toe, holding my toe, crying. And it was 
completely pointing to the wrong direction. So we went to the emergency room and they didn't even have to look at it. They knew. And then just to, of course, check. Did you want to vomit? Eric? <laughs> oh, it was pretty gnarly. There was a right angle in her foot. Oh my God. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, uh, they were like, yeah, there's no, nothing nothing we can do. I was like, well, I'm running a marathon in two weeks. And they're like... No, you're not. Yeah. They were like, no, you're not. And I was like, yes, I am. And Eric was like, uh, you can tell her she's not going to, but she's going to try. Yeah. And they're like, I really don't recommend that. There's, these are the things that could happen. And the things they were telling me were terrifying. And I was like, wow, I'm not going to run this marathon, but I am. And then <laughs> I went out to the start line and I got to mile 10 and I went to the medical tent. I couldn't do it anymore. I was in, it, it ended up working out because then I waited and I did my full marathon in Sacramento Mm -hmm. and um it was nice because Nike still support supported me my coach was running it he was going for Olympic trial time so he was there and um I went to go I went I went and I ran it but I didn't start my watch I just went and I enjoyed instead of running with during Chicago I feel like I would have had more pressure to kind of like do well and push my body as far as hard as I could but for when I did my full marathon it was only two and a half months later after breaking my toe. So I still wasn't fully ready to like run like yeah. run that distance. So I ran set my first 17 miles and then I walked the rest of it and I enjoyed and I talked to people and I heard some really cool stories and yeah. So the question from Felix was, of course, you know, how did it feel to run a marathon with a broken toe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it was, honestly, I didn't have much pain in my toe at all because I was overcompensating. The pain was in my hip while running. Yeah, the balance. Yeah, my balance and my gait, everything was changed. So, and it was pouring rain. Um, and in Chicago, it pours rain in pockets. So, I was running with one of my teammates, Karin, and she didn't even know I, my toe was broken. We we're running side by side. And we had a good pace going. It was like nine thirty, and I felt pretty good about like all of that and my breathing and everything else. Um, and then at mile ten, I went to the medical tent. I called Eric and I was like, I can't go any further, and it's pouring. I'm soaked. He's like, It's pouring. He's like, what are you talking about? He's on the other side. He's like, it's it's bright out here. He was like, get to mile 13. I was like, I physically can't move. And he was like, no, at mile 13, it's clear. Like, you can keep going. And he, of course, believed in me. But yeah, so it didn't feel good. My toe felt fine. My feet (laughs) felt fine. It was literally just my hips and my knees from overcompensating. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day was hell, right? Taking an airplane <laughs> from Chicago all the way here and that sore just because I was using muscles I don't oh, use I'm, I'm when sure I run. I'm restless, right? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, gosh, it was miserable. And everyone the airport has their medals on and their Chicago no, gear. No, And they're walking through. I know. I felt a little defeat, but they're all like, they were limping. I was already limping from my 10 miles and they were limping from their 26. And I was thinking, why do people do this? Yeah. This is crazy. But then I did it and I was like, oh, this is why. Quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Your shoe of choice for for running in. For running. Okay, so for running, um, my for long distance, I like the Pegasus 35. I was going to say, do you rock the Pegasus? I rock the Pegasus. I, I also yeah. like the Pegasus turbos. I do uh, shorter distances in the turbos and then longer distance in the 35s. Yeah. And for sense. a track shoe, I do the Vimeros. Yeah, mm. they're a little bit heavier for a track shoe, but they um, give you more support. So it's nice. What about lifting shoe? Like, oh, a shoe lip to lift in. Oh, what are the shoes I have that are, what are they called? Metcons? Not, not the Met, I do like the Metcons, but there's another pair that Nike, that Nike gave us. They're phenomenal. I'll have to, I'll have to get back to you guys on that one. Gave you? <laughs> what didn't they? Like, did it. So they what's the care package? Us. What was this care package? Like, what did they do? <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty crazy. I honestly, you know, I figured, I know, I figured that they were going to, um, 
give us a pair of shoes because we're running with Nike. But right. I had no idea that they were going to like hook us up <laughs> as much as they did. They're a pretty rad company. They believe in their product. They believe in their mission. Um, and it's evident as how they talk about their their things. So mm. we had, yeah, we had. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's your running uh, coat? My running jacket. Yeah, it has my that's name on it. It says Water. Nike Women <laughs> Marathon Project. It has the date of our marathon and then the distance, my 6.2 on the sleeve. But no, so we so the very first training weekend. That's so dope. Right? It's I'm, rad. I want one. I know. <laughs> Nike. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nike. Yeah. Uh, do you ever want to sponsor a podcast? Let us know. <laughs> so we, they had us uh, come to our very first weekend. It was back in June. And we got like a little paper in the mail saying, you've been invited to the Dream Hotel in Hollywood. And with that was like a jacket. And we were like, cool, running jacket. Like that was exciting enough. Like that one jacket and then this letter to be, go to this hotel. We show up at the hotel and we have a duffel. We have a... Uh, like day bag we have a suitcase just like in our bed is covered like a full of of clothing sports bras leggings tank tops shoes outerwear jackets I mean everything you could think of it was nuts yeah I had I mean I really had no idea I'm still shocked because yeah we, we are still good getting a few things it's pretty what? cool yeah they just, just opened actually in LA um Blue Ribbon Sports and if you know the story of Nike they're originally called Blue Ribbon Sports and uh, where the original store was, they were able to get a hold of that same lease. So they're back in that space of Blue Ribbon oh, Sports. Cool. And um, they have runs hosted out of there. It's, like a, it's a space for runners. And so it's really historic when you go inside. It's um, pictures and memorabilia. And you can sign, take Polaroids. And there's a, like a group run that's led outside of the, of the space by, by my coach. Mm, that's like, um, you know, Muscle Beach or like World's Gym over in. Yeah, that's right. like one of the historic sites for awesome exactly. that, yeah that's great i'm mm -hmm. gonna check it out i don't even know if i'll be allowed in because they're like you don't run but <laughs> you know no you could definitely go and if, i mean anyone's always welcome these spaces you can just check on the nike app it's pretty rad that's awesome mm -hmm. jen was uh, the other day she was telling me she was looking for shoes on the nike.com and then guess who pops up as a photo really? <laughs> I did? yeah cool <laughs> i'm all excited wait seriously they, yeah. maybe they they took i mean we have so many photos um from of all of us running and so no, they it was like a it. training, like you were just in a, in a training studio and it was like a trainer shoe because she was looking for something like, oh, oh she's like for the gym use. It's Get out of shoe. town. Yeah. That's the one I'm doing lunges. Yeah. That Get one. out of town. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. no you're, big deal. You're, you're on the Nike app. Right. So Nike.com. If you, if you're, you're on the, the website. You're on the website? <laughs> 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 yeah. There's um, some of the pictures from our, that our photographers took were, have been used for marketing. So yeah. even in Chicago. So we had this special like private shoot and we didn't know what it was for, but it was like a week. Like they only give us... I know three days of uh, notice, and it was a week before we were leaving for Chicago. And so, like, some of the girls did it, not all of us. There was 40 of us in total, and 25 girls went. And they took these photos, the girls with no makeup, whatever. And when we started running Chicago, every bus stop was one of our girls. That's and it fresh. said, just do it over their face. Dang. Oh, it my was God. insane. I mean, that like, everyone terrific. was crying. Yeah, it was rad. Before we get any further, mm -hmm. did you finish the pizza rolls? Oh, yeah. I said... <laughs> <laughs> Then I said, <laughs> I'm sobbing on the floor. And, I was, and he's like, we have to go. We have to go to the hospital. I'm like, I know, but I'm so hungry. Can we bring the pizza rolls? <laughs> so I ate them I'm in the sure car. I'm sure somebody was wondering, listening. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I ate them. I was stoked. I loaded you in the car and then went back inside, put them all on a plate. Yeah, brought them, 
brought him out on, a, on an actual ceramic plate. <laughs> I'm such a pain, but these are so good. <laughs> so hungry. They were so good, too. I actually haven't had pizza rolls since. My coach was like, pizza rolls? Really? <laughs> I was like, they're good. Pizza rolls two weeks out. Yeah. <laughs> well. Okay, my training shoe, Nike Free Fly Knit 3. I love the Free Fly Knit. Yeah, they're rad. They're, the TR, the training with the cross training shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cross training shoe is super rad. I, um, the, the gym that I go to when I don't run, I wear that shoe and it's like you don't move around, your toes aren't moving around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are yeah. so dope. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, did that? <laughs> So then, oh, yeah, Jen man. pulled up your like your Instagram, I think, too, and then saw the photo. She's like, "Look, there's a, she's been doing this all along." And she went like, "See, it's right there." Oh, like, that's so cool. So okay, I have like, to go check that out. That is good. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, what is it like being a woman in like the fitness industry? Oh yeah, that's actually a great question. So, um, it's really easy to compare. Yeah. I, you know, when especially when your best friend is also in the fitness industry, um. And like, you know, physically what you're able to even just do, not anything else, just like what you're able to, to accomplish. And so like, you know, when I run with my friend Maggie, we're constantly in this like secret battle to see mm. who can go faster. Mm-hmm. And like we, but we have the same, same, uh, rhythm and cadence. So we kind of just stay together. It's really good and powerful for each other. But like, so something like Nike, you know, some of these girls, they're, they're, they're athletes, they're Instagram models, they're true models, they're, you know, all of these like elements to them. And you start to compare other things, like when they get shots of them or there's more pictures of them or I don't know, whatever, whatever comes up, you just start comparing, like looking at your body a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not like the most healthy thing to get yeah. into, but it does, you know, it does come up. So how'd you handle that? So I know everyone compares this. We all, we all do it. We, right. we all scroll through the gram and we're like, fuck, like, damn, he's, he's <laughs> you know. So how'd you like come to cope? Like, hey, it'll come with do or. Right. I, I think when you are like in this space of loving what you what your body is capable of rather, rather than what your body looks like, that's when the change happens. It's not pushing through and like. <laughs> what? <laughs> the. You you finesse all these questions right now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank I, you. I really feel like you. <laughs> did you get a script or something? No, no, wow. I had no idea. What a wonderful answer that was. No. That was <laughs> wow. Thank you. Great answer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. You have to you know think less about what it what it looks like and what it's capable of, and being grateful that you're able to accomplish what you're able to accomplish. You know. When, yeah, but like when when you were approached by Nike and was like, hey, we're doing a photo shoot. You've got three days to compare. Were you like, you know, counting carbs, not eating and like... Right. No, no, I eat everything. That's my, <laughs> not a problem. Issue, I eat everything. But I told you, I'm a foodie. Eat with um, Victoria. <laughs> yeah, I eat with Victoria. Um, no, I, I was always really self-conscious about being in like a sports bra and leggings only. Like it's just not in my comfort zone. Again, being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I like, like to wear, you know, a tank top or whatever it is. Long sleeve. And... Um, we had certain outfits that are like pick, you know, wear a sports bra and leggings for this for our very first photo shoot in the hotel in LA. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't, that's not my not my jam. And then I went downstairs and all of these girls are celebrating each other. And like I just there was like less about like what what your own things are, you know, like, oh, I have this little role here, I have this. Um, it was just more about like, oh my gosh, we're all doing this together, we're all working. And there's girl women of all sizes, backgrounds, colors at at this shoot. So you start you like 
you worry less about those things, you know, when yeah. the, when an actual like photo shoot of any kind was coming up. Not that I had many, m- most of the photos were candid, but you know, the very, the very first one I did was definitely like, uh, I don't know. Or, or the yeah. last one we did, um, we took a photo of us when we came in from the marathon and I was the only one out of 40 that didn't finish, you know, and I'm, I was crying and they wanted to take a picture of me crying. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. That doesn't make me feel comfortable. It made me feel pretty, but it's true, true emotions. That was, that was pretty, it actually the photo turned out really rad. It's really powerful. Yeah, it was, it turned out pretty cool. Um, but did you yeah. felt like you finished though? Like, okay, so like the whole group finished, all the girls finished, but you didn't, but did you feel like I kind of finished cause I was part of this project. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, um, at the time I felt really accomplished. Like I kind of went through these waves. Like I felt really great about it. And I was like, I did 10 miles with a broken toe. Like I'm so stoked. And then we had a dinner that evening and everyone had their medals and they're taking photos and, people, and our coaches are taking photos. And I wrote thank you cards to my coaches, but like I knew my journey wasn't done yet because I still wanted to accomplish the full marathon. And so it was like, I kind of rode this wave of like, Oh, I'm so stoked. I did 10 miles. Oh wait. But I didn't actually finish yet. I still have another, I still have a marathon to do eventually. Um, but overall, now hindsight with the marathon done and with Chicago, I'm so proud of those 10 miles that I logged that day. Yeah, I tell her she did, uh, she did 36.2. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Until, yeah. Project 36.2. Yeah, Project 36.2. <laughs> exactly. So that, that, That's awesome. Thanks. She ran in the rain to go to Sacramento, which is like nice and sunny. And <laughs> you know what? It was the coldest day. Really? I'm like, why can't I get oh, a warm shit. day? December 2nd in Folsom Lake. You run from Folsom Lake to the Capitol, which was really cool. It was beautiful. Um, they also said it was a, my coach told me and the website says it's a net downhill. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a false it's statement. A lie. It's a lie. It might be a net downhill, but it's rolling hills the entire time. So for, I don't know. 15, 13 to 15 miles, it was just like rolling hill. You're like, what? I had to ask somebody, I was like, excuse me, have you ran this race before? And this man was like, yeah. And I'm like, how many more hills are there? He's like, around the half marathon point, starts to flatten out. And, and I was like, mile 15, it started to flatten out. It's funny that you say that because I have a friend from my, the gym that ran it. He's like, I got lied to too. Like he's like, they told me it was going to be pure flat because you think Sacramento, just flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the first half marathon, he's like, we're running up hills. And I wasn't ready for that. He's mm-hmm. like, I was ready for a nice flat marathon exactly that's the other thing is I my training all stemmed I did very little incline work just because Chicago's flat and I, I do incline work every week but not not to the level if I were going to do yeah. you a, know. a marathon yeah. yeah yeah so Nike's great your yes. marathon is even better mm-hmm. but I kind of want to listen about like your intellectual achievements as well thank you because um. <laughs> like receiving a master's in anything is tough, but like linguistics, three point <laughs> nine like, with a three point nine. Don't forget, no. not only is that really specialized, but you know, so that's the title. We'll put three point nine as the title. Three point nine, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I, I kind of like thirty six point two a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> right, like thirty six point two. <laughs> so um, I know that you know you were going to be an interpreter for sign language, but what made you transition to linguistics? So I. Um, was enrolled as a deaf studies major and then I changed and then when I went to community college I was just taking a bunch of literature classes and I was like you know what I'm just gonna major in literature because I, I like reading I like writing essays let's call it a day mm-hmm. and I, I was gonna be done really quick quick once I made the transfer to um to CSUN and um while in as a literature major, I had to take a linguistics course and I took this class and it was so difficult but I loved it it was kind mm. of this like middle ground between literature and math almost. And sci- and, yeah and like a, a science and like in language because it's i mean it's a science of language but it was um 
learning about like even like the syntax and pragmatics of sign language and language I've always known, but didn't have this like linguistic awareness about and, uh, and learning other languages too. So the class, I didn't, I mean, I got to be in the class, but, but it was very challenging. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to major in this. This is pretty interesting. I want to learn more. And then I transferred back to CSUN as a linguistics major and I had to take phonetics, phonology, again, syntax, morphology, pragmatics, like all these things breaking language down literally into algorithms. Yep. And I've I, always enjoyed, I love it. yeah, I love it. right? Yeah. I've always enjoyed science. Um, I'm not very good at math, but like having, you know, the letters and things that go with it, it was just something that eventually came natural to me. Um, and I liked answering more, like there's never like a, uh, no, like, yes, this is all there is. It's kind of like a yes and, which mm. I kind of love. It's like, well, this is why this is happening, but this could also be another reason why it's happening in language. Um, and then for grad school, I knew I wanted, well, originally I wanted to teach overseas, teach English overseas. So I was like, okay, well, I'll get my, my master's in linguistics, emphasis in teaching English as second language and go overseas. To where? Um, I would go anywhere. I want to go to a Spanish speaking country. It's my second language, but I, it's, it's like a little rough around the edges, my second language. So um, I want to go to a Spanish speaking country to practice, uh, but I'd be so happy to go anywhere. But my older brother had um, kids. So then I um, didn't want to like miss them growing up. And you know? dudes came. Yeah. And what? The aunt dudes aunt came. came. It's the best. I'm taking them Chuck E. Cheese on Sunday. Oh, yeah, nice. I know. Uh, so, yeah. Shout out Alex. He posted on Twitter about Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, he, oh, he did. He says if you wanna, if you wanna see how like the battle, like how they're gonna be when they grow up, take a kid to Chuck E. Cheese. Hilarious. They, how they like battle it out for the toys and all that. So that's a good huh. point. That is a really good point, <laughs> actually. <laughs> how they're yeah. gonna and develop. And then later, taking with Dave and Buster's as their adults. And right. Then, exactly. And then really. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave and Buster's, they have giant sockum boppers. You remember that, that game? Yeah. Sockum boppers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they have this like giant one. How many you, tickets is that? <laughs> I, right. I don't know. I for, it was broken when we went, but I was like very amazed and it's huge. It's not like, and it's not like a costume you put on, but it's like stick people and you work, you, yeah. Oh, Rockham's like, oh, okay. And then like their, their, their head like, yeah. It's pretty disappointing. Awesome. Like, it, it looks cool, but like I I done it in LA. But I'm sorry. Like, it's just so slow. Like you're like you're doing it, you're like, come on, and then it's like do do Oh no. So, but the design is cool and then, like the concept you just wish like, a little bit more speed into it. Mm. So obviously you're somebody who likes a challenge. Yes, this is true. I like a challenge. Any challenge. Uh, here's the thing. I like a challenge if <laughs> I know that I can do it safely and that's something that's attainable. I think there's a lot of challenges that aren't necessarily attainable for everybody, but I think like, you know. So you're a realist. Yeah. Um, yes. And, and very much so, much so uh, um, optimist too. So. I like you know. that. I like that. Okay. So um, you got your master's in linguistics. You're teaching mm-hmm. English right now yes. as a professor mm-hmm. at which institution? Um, so I, uh, I teach for San Diego Community District, Community College District. So last semester I taught at Mesa and this t- semester I'm teaching um, at Continuing Education. So it's like adult education. Yeah. Uh, they get to take classes for free, which is pretty rad. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. There's budget cuts at, during um, the budget cuts for the semester, really for everything, but 17 faculty were offered classes at Mesa this, this semester. So then last minute, um, like two, not even two weeks ago, I was asked, I was able to take on an ESL class. And I was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. But I'm eligible to teach literature because I've took so many classes in undergrad, mm-hmm. literature, ESL, and uh, linguistics. Okay. Is it, um, is it tough 
teaching people who are your same age or even older, you oh, know? Because, absolutely. I mean, the respect. Just right. And coming in saying, hi, I'm Professor Sanchez. And they look at me like, you, you're Professor Sanchez, right? Because mm -hmm. I already, I'm young as is, but I, I look younger. I get that quite often. So those kind of things. But um, the hardest thing isn't at the college levels. It's not so much respect. But um, I have people, because I teach ESL, so people who in their countries have PhDs and have, uh, yeah, and yeah, have master's degrees and are doctors and educators and lawyers and dentists. I mean, everything you can think of. Yeah. Um, and then I'm teaching them, like, this is verb agreement. And, of course, they need it. You know, if you're learning any language, you need it. But then I'm, like, doing readings about Steve Jobs that are at, like, a sixth grade level. You know, I know that their comprehension skills are higher than that. And it's, like, a weird ground to be in because I, I don't want to, like, demean their knowledge. Of course not. You know, because yeah. it's not what my goal is. But my goal is to help them with English. And you have to, you have to start at the basics. People, adults, learn language the same way a child learns language. So yeah. you have to start with, this is a what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Yeah, so. Are you frustrated? Like, when they come in and, like, I have a PhD, like, why are we starting at the bottom? Like, No, no, I, I had the, um, some some people, like, you know, when they come in, they, they expect it. But I had this one woman who had a PhD in microbiology, right? And she wanted to go, I teach the where, class, oh, yeah. Where was she from, by the way? She was from Iran. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, she wanted to work as uh, in the field of microbiology here in the States, but she had to pass a test to prove her knowledge of microbiology, but the test was in English. Mm -hmm. And so she, that's why she was in my class. Her English was phenomenal, but she was worried about her writing skills. So she was in my class, and it's a class right before English 101. And um, I was telling her, I said, are you going to take English 101 in the spring? And she's like, no, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. And I was like, why? And then she was telling me her, her background, you know, what she was doing. I was like, is this class too easy for you? And she's like... Yeah, I was because her English is great, but yeah. you know, she was saying, Yeah, it's a little easy. It's just the writing that I was concerned about. And her writing was also phenomenal. She was just being harder on herself than she needed to be. But like the coolest thing is is I don't get as frustrated. I just feel bad because I, I wanna help them. So I'm like giving them the confidence boost that they need in a sense, you know, like, no, 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 you're you're fine. Go go challenge yourself. Try it. Like I promise you're gonna do great. Yeah. Mm hmm That's like kind of really humbling as well. Yeah. You know, like just like being that because you have something that they need. Mm -hmm. But on a grand scope of things, they're way more qualified for something else that, you know, me, you and everybody else would never know about, like microbiology, right. mm -hmm. you know. So I'm like being able to assist somebody with that. For me, that would be like a really great experience. I would, you know, that's it. It's a joy. You get a joy out of it. But yeah, yeah, because like this, this lady has a Ph.D., but she's in, you know, English 100 and I mean, she's kind of eaten that too. So if she can do that, then. Right. And then I have other students on the other end of the spectrum, which also like reminded me of like why my job is so amazing. But I had a student in LA, he was from El Salvador and he moved, he took a bus from El Salvador all the way to LA. Um, didn't speak, I just want to talk English one. So like level one, like hi, my name is kind of stuff. And verb and like basic verb agreement mm -hmm. is our, you know, and um, they take that class. <laughs> <laughs> and he was telling me a story and he, you know, he's trying to tell me in both English and Spanish, this like common ground. And it, we were both were having a moment because I only spoke a little bit of Spanish. He only spoke a little bit of English and trying to, you know, meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And he was telling me a story and he, he moved El Salvador when, or to LA when he was 17. His mom put him on a bus because she didn't want him to be, in, be involved in gang life. 
And his dad worked in the farms in El Salvador, works in the farms. And so he took a bus to L.A., found a job as a mechanic, works as a mechanic, met an American girl, married her so he could stay, and then sends all of his money back to El Salvador. And the only reason he's taking my class at the time was so he could learn English in order to earn a raise at working as a mechanic. You know, like, you're just like that story, you're like, I, I live a hundred, at the time, I live 120 miles from my mom and dad and my siblings, and I go, oh my gosh, I have to go to San Diego next weekend, I miss my family, but this kid hasn't seen his family in four years, but sends all of his hard-earned money back, and when he's not working, he's now taking English classes to come better himself in his future, not only for him, but his family. It's like, I don't wow. know, it's amazing, yeah. It's Crazy. Not American. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know that's completely not like an American trait. Yeah. But, um, you know. <laughs> it's sad to say it, but it's true. Like we're just like gimme, 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 and we don't we yeah. forget to get, give back to others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, especially people that we, we love do. and literally gave us life. Right. You know, like I mean, I know that I like to take care of my mom. You know, when when I can, she takes care of me still a lot. Right. But um, I know a lot of people who don't have anything to do with their parents. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, or anybody else, their brother, sister cousin you know so i mean yeah family's super important right i agree that was like one of the things my dad also like instilled in us was we used my middle brother and i he's the only brother i used to fight with like we'd always always argue and my dad doesn't talk to his um older brother because like we don't even actually know but they haven't talked in like 40 years right but my dad has other siblings he talks to often and then when Martin and I would fight, he'd be like, you guys are lifelong friends. You can't fight. Remember that. Like, you're lifelong friends. And so, I don't know, maybe at 20, I'd come home for, to visit, and I'd go out with my friends. And inevitably, Martin and I would be in the same space because all of our friends are mutual. We're only 16 months apart. And um, so it was like this whole thing. But, you know, now my brothers, like, they come over all the time. We see them often. They're, it's the best thing. Family. They're irreplaceable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A running question: Where do you prefer running, LA or San Diego? Ooh, LA. <laughs> LA. They have more trails, right? Yeah. Well, you want to know what's the coolest thing in LA is that the run clubs are free, mm-hmm. and it would be my dream to start a run club in San Diego that worked off of my old run club, Blacklist LA's like idea. Um, they they ran Monday nights, Wednesday nights, and Saturdays. And Monday nights was an art run, which is what I want to do down here, and you get together, it's late. We ran at 10 p.m., but we would do three to five miles-ish, and halfway at the halfway point was a street art mural, and yeah. someone would do the research to figure out what the mural was and what it meant to L.A. and why we chose it for that night. And yeah. it was so rad, and so it brought all these people together. I mean, there was nights where there was 300 runners out there. I'm going and for a run, honey, and I'm going to go learn about some art. I'll be back in an hour. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was it was far. I lived, I lived again. I lived in the valley, so it was downtown that most most of the time. Um, but they're all, that was the coolest thing is that they're all they're all free. And then down here, I run with um, San Diego Track Club. Have you ever ran with them? I heard of them. Yeah, is, it, is that free? It's free on Tuesday nights. It's free. It's like down the street, but I still won't go. Yeah, it's so easy. It's right here at San Diego High School, and I, um, they're awesome. People are so kind, and it's all speed work, and you're, it's it's more individual. Whereas, you know, Blacklist is a collective. Like everyone's high fiving and hugging, and it's a community. And I think if I kept going with San Diego Run Club, it would eventually turn into that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because you're the outsider. Yeah. You're not like you're not a regular. So everyone's like, oh, it's that one face that comes every other week or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's that girl. What was your name, Veronica? <laughs> Close. Close. <laughs> <laughs> She's always wearing Nike from head to toe. Like, oh, like, how does she do it? Right. 
<laughs> I know. You sponsor something. Like, Damn. Yeah. So funny. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. So what is well, what is next for you? Um, what's next for me? My goal um, with my career would be to get tenure track somewhere or a contract. So every semester, it's not the fear of like, will I have a class? Will I not? Um, the older I get, the less of that running around. I mean, I'm not, again, not that old. <laughs> the older mm-hmm. I get, the less running around I want to do. So like having one place that I go to Monday through Friday would be great. Um, and then in the world of athletics, I would, st- I have in mind to run a few half marathons this year, um, La Jolla, Rock and Roll San Diego, and America's Finest City. Maybe I'll do a full marathon, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a lot. Um, but yeah, that's about, that's yeah, about it. I think. Might as well. You're already on prep. I know. That's the thing. I'm like, that's, well, Maggie's running Chicago again this year. So mm-hmm. if I can find a way to get a bib into Chicago, then I'll run with Maggie. But mm-hmm. you have to answer we'll that see. one too. Hmm? That's an answer too. Chicago. Yeah, that one. That one is a lottery. Uh, lottery. So she won the lottery, but I didn't even input because I was like, I'm not running another marathon. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Um, but now I'm like, oh well, Maggie's doing it. <laughs> Peer pressure. That one up. Like you see, mm-hmm. here, you gotta push yourself more. Exactly. Um. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Um. Yeah. No. Thank you for telling us your story. Yeah. Um, Sharing and, it and deeper and yeah. perspective and just for everyone out there to be like, whoa, you know. Yeah. Um, thank you. You know. I really like to point that nothing comes easy, but with a lot of like good attitude, determination and um, liking challenges, you know, you could pretty much do anything and you've accomplished how many things, you know, <laughs> I mean, so, so thank you for providing the insight. I'm, I know that I needed to hear it. Thank you. No, I sure. appreciate your questions too. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, well, if plug away, yeah, if you, if you want some good content, you know, hit us with your Insta, your Facebook, um, do you have a YouTube, um, I don't have a YouTube, but my boyfriend does. (laughs) Okay. Plug him. You should uh, probably look uh, on YouTube if you're interested in cameras at uh, Eric Brown Jr.'s Instagram page, or rather YouTube page, or his Instagram page. (laughs) And then there's my Instagram, Run with Victoria. Maybe I'll change that. Eat with Victoria. Victoria. (laughs) No, currently Run with Victoria. Half marathon with Victoria. Yeah. (laughs) Half marathon with Victoria. Learn with with Victoria. I want to get rollerblades. Blade with Victoria. Blade with Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every month is huh. Victoria. Like right. just, just flow with it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? You know? Exactly. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like it, make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us to. Uh, hopefully it's Spotify because we Spotify now. We Spotify. And uh, give Victoria a follow on Instagram, yep. support her, like all those photos, just tell her to keep pushing. Keep us and updated, though. Keep us updated yeah, on no-toe injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Follow Eric. <laughs> subscribe to Eric's uh, YouTube channel. They'll all be tagged. And thanks. We love y'all. We love you guys. Thanks, Peace. guys. Peace. <laughs>